Ephesians chapter 5, the verses 1 through 20. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, false talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, once again it's Thanksgiving Day and we've come together to give thanks to the Lord, our God, for many different things. His amazing grace, life, relationships, the abundance of His creation, to name but a few. Of course, as we do this on this special national holiday, we should remember that our Thanksgiving ought not to be reserved for just this one day per year. Every day ought to be Thanksgiving Day, as you also note from Ephesians 5. Mind you, it doesn't hurt for us to set aside this one day on which we emphasize Thanksgiving. Actually, today could be used as kind of a catalyst or as an encouragement for daily Thanksgiving. After all, how is it possible not to give thanks Now, even as I say these sorts of things, and as the whole society is talking about giving thanks, there are those, perhaps also among us, who are having a hard time with thanksgiving and an even harder time with seemingly mandated thanksgiving. When abuse directly affects you, either as a victim or a perpetrator, what is there to give thanks for? When depression overwhelms and fills the world with darkness, what is there to give thanks for? When life is filled with stress and worry, it can be hard to sing praises to our God. When school is a weekly grind or struggle 
or when the bully has, his, has us constantly in his or her sights, what's there to give thanks for? When economic realities hit and we're struggling to make ends meet, our ability to give thanks is easily challenged. When death hits the family or close friends, the ability to give thanks and to praise the Lord can be quite a challenge. When a cancer diagnosis hits us or we're dealing with some sort of other disease, thanksgiving may not flow as easily. Ongoing physical pain has an effect on our thanksgiving and our praise of the Lord. When marriage relationships are rocked, when mom and dad have split up, what in the world is there to give thanks for? My husband or my wife has been unfaithful and has left. Give thanks for what? And when we are hit with tornadoes or earthquakes or tsunamis or fire or some other disaster, what in the world is there to give thanks for? When the news is all bleak and X-rated, giving thanks is a challenge. And for some, Thanksgiving Day is a seeming farce because really, after all the things, after all, with all the things happening in this world or to them, what's there to be thankful about? It's always fascinated me that the Bible, while being very realistic about the uncertainty and messiness of life, does not accept that the circumstances of one's life somehow give us reason not to be thankful. Just because we experience all sorts of difficulties and troubles, all sorts of stresses and strains, that doesn't mean that we're there some by, some, thereby somehow excused from giving thanks. On the contrary, the Bible calls us to a life of thanksgiving in spite of what we experience. So as you read the Bible, pay attention sometimes to how many times we're called to give thanks, often in spite of our experiences. When you read the Bible, pay attention to how often the writer praises the Lord and give thanks even amidst their horrendous circumstances. For example, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes in the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields yield no food, food Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. In other words, in spite of my suffering from abject poverty or hunger and there's nothing around, yet I will be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In other words, in spite of what you may be experiencing in your life, and many of the believers in Thessalonica had to struggle with persecution, yet be thankful. In Ephesians 5 alone, we are called to thankfulness two times, in verse 4 and in verse 20, where we read, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what's behind such statements? Behind such statements is the understanding that thanksgiving is an inner attitude or response on the part of the believer which is not dependent on one's experiences in life. 
Thankfulness is one of the characteristics of a person living in the light. It's one of the byproducts, if you will, of the gospel. Living in the light allows people to give thanks to God even in the most severe and difficult situations of life. Now, granted, that's not always easy to do. When everything seems to be going wrong in life, it's not easy to give thanks, and yet the Bible doesn't let us get away with thankless lives. Ephesians 5 tells us that people who are living in the light are people who are, by nature, thankful people. In fact, if thankfulness is hard to find, perhaps one has not really understood the gospel. And Paul becomes very specific. Look at verses 3 and 4. Among you there must not be any, even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, false talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. The point of the text is that thanksgiving is a way of living that contrasts with an impure and an improper kind of life. A thankless life is a life lived in darkness, whereas a thankful life is one that embraces the light of the Lord. The thankful way of life is the way of life in the kingdom. In fact, the apostle would go so far as to say that living contrary to the way of the kingdom of God does not bring about thankful lives. It only brings about judgment. And certainly there is here in our text a strong condemnation of a way of life that is also well known today, namely a way of life that stands in the way of real thanksgiving. So let's look at that for a moment. Let's use the categories that Paul does. And we note, first of all, that sexual immorality does not bring about any sort of thankfulness. It only brings pain. It brings degradation, disease, and brokenness in relationships and so forth. There's enough stories even among us that tell us that this is so. There's enough stories brought about by the hashtag me too or the hashtag church too that tells us that this is so. And therefore the Bible warns us that there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality among Christians. Sexual immorality is all about us. It's all about me. But thankfulness is all about understanding that we live in the presence of the Lord who is our King. So if we were to be found guilty of anything in a court of law, it ought to be that we are guilty of being thankful and not sexually immoral. The Apostle mentions greed, again, a common sin. Greed does also does not bring around about any sort of thankfulness. On the contrary, greed often makes us want more. Greed is based upon our being dissatisfied with what we have. Again, greed is all about me. It's all about us. We are constantly fed the line that money or having spending power makes us happen. Just imagine is the old slogan of Lotto 649. 
The Bible tells us that there ought not to even be a hint of greed in our lives. After all, being greedy makes one an idolater or someone who worships money or possessions and not the Lord. Again, if we are to be found guilty of anything in a court of law, it ought not to be that we are thankful. It ought to be that we are thankful for what we have been given, not that we are discontent and greedy. Such is the way of the kingdom. And then the apostle goes on to mention obscenity, false talk, or coarse joking. Our language, that is, the manner in which we speak, the words we use, and so forth, the jokes we tell, are often a good indicator of what we think of ourselves and what's living inside of us. And when we're always down on the mouth, so to speak, when we regularly use the F word for anything and everything, when we're always knocking other people, you know, those people, or making sexual jokes or whatever, it belies a view of the world and of others that's often about us and not about anyone else. The foolish language reference is about those who talk as if other people don't matter and as if God does not exist. Those who often spew obscenity or foolish talk or who are involved in coarse joking often really don't make very good company. On the other hand, when we are constantly speak well of others and when we are thankful in spite of our situation, we show something of what lives inside and we become desired company. And once again, if we were to be found guilty of anything in a court of law, it ought to be because we are advancing our neighbor's good name and not because we are guilty of obscenity, false talk, or coarse joking. The message of Ephesians 5, 3, and 4 is clear. When people have insatiable physical appetites or when they're greedy and self-centered, they really can't give thanks properly. The two are incompatible. Actually, the two approaches of life speak to two different kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. A characteristic of the kingdom of God is thanksgiving in spite of all the sorts of things that may go wrong in our lives. And it is all because of Jesus. It all has to do with the incredible depths to which Jesus sank calling us out of darkness into his wonderful light, as the Apostle Peter puts it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Children of light have a Savior and a Lord, namely Jesus Christ, who adopts them as his children and his heirs. And when we are adopted as his children and his heirs, and when we belong to him, then we're called upon to live with him and are molded by the Holy Spirit reflecting Jesus. In Ephesians 5, the idea of being children of light means in its fullest sense living in fellowship with God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins, says John in his first letter. That's what it means to be a Christian. 
And a Christian, a child of the light, does not involve him or herself in sexual immorality, impurity, greed, obscenities, nor does he engage in foolish talk about there being no God, nor does she engage in coarse joking. Those things are out and have no place in the Christian life. Instead, thanksgiving becomes a way of life, even in every circumstance of life. That's because the light has come. Jesus Christ has come. Ephesians 2, 3 says, All of us lived gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. We were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, it's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And in those heavenly realms and in that resurrection with Christ Jesus, there is no place for any of the negative things that Paul writes about here in Ephesians 5. One author wrote, quote, the person who has forgotten to be thankful has fallen asleep in life. The one who has forgotten to be thankful in life does not understand the gospel and does not take the Bible seriously. Those who have been touched by the gospel have every reason to be thankful. Ephesians 5 puts thanksgiving in a very different light. It tells us, that what we are involved with today and every day as we give thanks to our Lord is part and parcel of the kingdom to which we belong. The kingdom of light, of hope, of God. Amen.